Hello, and welcome to the What If It's Not Depression podcast. Whether you're here to learn about the root causes of depressive-like symptoms, wanting to know more about alternative solutions, or you're a biohacker looking to optimize your mental health and brain, this podcast is for you. I am Dr. Achina Stein, and I will be your host on your journey to resolving depressive-like symptoms and optimizing your mood. You're listening to the What If It's Not Depression podcast, hosted by Dr. Achina Stein. I watched a very close friend of mine in Poland slowly die of complications of multiple sclerosis, <clears throat> and there was nothing I could do. And sometimes there are those patients that we, we get stuck, and, and not for the lack of trying. They right. will do everything we ask them, and we do everything right. And it's demoralizing because we can change uh, 100 lives, and then there's one person we can't quite crack it. Epstein-Barr virus has been on this planet for millions of years. And according to research, 1995% of global population has it. The biggest dream for the research community for years has been to find a vaccine. Well, now we know how it works. So not a solution. It's, you can turn it off. It's a right, virus, right? right? Computer virus. You can turn it off. You know, you can right. modulate it. People are terrified of it because they're scared of yeah. all, you know, cancer, autoimmunity, and all this. Right. But it's not. It's not a monster. It's just a predictable virus. Right. It's predictable. It's treatable, and it's reversible. And I'm quoting medical research. Welcome to the What If It's Not Depression podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Achina Stein. And today I am interviewing Dr. Kasha Kynes. She is a doctor of clinical nutrition and the CEO and founder of Global Epstein-Barr Virus Institute. Can you guess what we're going to talk about today? (laughs) (laughs) She's a leader in recovery therapy for chronic EBV author and wellness expert. And she is a highly respected doctor of clinical nutrition, a graduate of the prestigious Bastyr University. And since 2005, Dr. Kynes has built an international reputation as a functional nutritionist from being sought after by Johns Hopkins University for her groundbreaking Amazon bestseller book, Epstein-Barr Virus Solution. It's a real thick volume of lots and lots of information. She developed an effective proprietary evidence-based methodology to Epstein-Barr virus recovery and successful Epstein-Barr virus recovery program for those suffering from Epstein-Barr virus and also trains other practitioners in her methodology in clinician Epstein-Barr virus training and certification program and Epstein-Barr virus practitioner workshop. She's a passionate advocate for debunking common misinformation about Epstein-Barr virus in the medical community and lectures on this topic extensively. She's on a mission to bring the truth about Epstein-Barr virus and solutions to 1 million people globally. So no one ends up suffering needlessly for this misunderstood virus and its complications. She lives with her husband and their companion animals in Friday Harbor on San Juan Island, Washington. Welcome, Dr. Kashikani. Oh, I am so honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. So let's just dive in and tell us, how did you even get into this? 
Well, you know, <clears throat> when student is ready, the teacher appears and basically um, I'm the end of the process. I'm just at the receiving end and I don't feel like I'm any special. It's just having challenges in my practice and listening and taking the next step. And I feel I've been guided and I feel I'm just a messenger. You know, I just, mm -hmm. somebody else could have been on my journey. So as you know, when you go into functional practice, you attract patients and clients that are, that, that are just, um, you know, we don't like to use the term, but they're complicated. And, and we try to un untangle all these complications and figure out why they have those mystery chronic illnesses. And, um, you know, in medical literature, they call them refractory. They don't respond to what we do. And we do so much good work. And then sometimes there are those patients that we, we get stuck and, and not for the lack of trying. They right. will do everything we ask them and we do everything right. And then there's something in that phase that we don't know. Yeah, like, what, so, is what is it? What is it? What is yeah. it? What is it? What is it? And so <laughs> I, like, we, we have those cases, right? Absolutely. <clears throat> and it's demoralizing because we can change uh, 100 lives and then there's one person that we can't quite crack it. And it breaks our hearts. And we always think about that person. And it's just so hard to come from the heart space. And so we get really depressed almost because mm -hmm. there is no way to help them. Right. And so I had cases like that and then no way yet. No way yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. There there's always a reason, there's always a way, but we don't know it. Like there's there's gaps. Yeah. And so but you know, just I just want to stop you there because I think that is the the art of medicine and taking yes. care of people is That's knowing that you don't what you don't know, you know, knowing that, you know, I think yes. it's more harmful to say. Nope, this is what it is. Sorry, you know, you're at the end of the rope. And I, I really think no one can know everything. I, it's important to know what you don't know and hopefully find someone who might know and putting yes. that person on that path, right? And so I'm so excited that I know about you now. And so I can tell my tribe there's need to have your services and benefit from them. And yes, vice exactly. versa, yeah. <laughs> and, and so- there was a time when this book medical medium came to market and a couple of my patients asked me you know what is your educated opinion and here I am completely no life no time no balance in life overworked so I bought a book and took it on a plane when I was you know flying to I think it was a <clears throat> conference so I go okay I'll, I'll read it because a couple of them asked me so I have to have educated opinion mm -hmm. And so I was sitting on the plane and I almost fell off my chair because I was reading about my patients. Like, Ooh, who is that person, this medical medium? And, <clears throat> and then another thing was, I watched a very close friend of mine in Poland slowly die of complications of multiple sclerosis. <clears throat> and there was nothing I could do. And uh, she was diagnosed literally six months before I immigrated permanently to the States. I remember she told me I ended up in ER in December. I don't know why, you know, something happened out of the blue and I was paralyzed in half of my body. And so almost 20 years of my immigration, when I know why I was creating my life in a new country, she was fighting for her life. And <clears throat> sorry, nutrition was my second career. 
And so I was, as I was becoming a nutritionist, I was trying to help her, but I just didn't have the tools and I didn't, I didn't know, and we lost her. And I feel she was my guiding light. Her loss was so painful that, um, and that medical medium book was talking about MS as well, was talking about different stories. And so suddenly I had that aha moment, like literally when I went back home after that conference, my life was altered. I was on a hunt. Mm. And what happened was, I think I was guided because I, I had an opportunity to, you know, of course, jump into medical literature. And it was a lot of liter- literature, a lot of literature. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a full-time job. And then I started to look at the testing and there was a lot in literature again. And I was starting to learn that it was a hot mess. Testing was not done properly. Uh, testing was not interpreted t- uh, properly. So I started to ask my patients to test and I started to see patterns, you know, and then when I was doing my doctoral degree, uh, imagine that one in a million opportunity when one of my instructors, one of my, you know, teachers, it was the first cohort and he only taught that one cohort. He never taught again. He, uh, part of his training was virology. Mm-hmm. Where do you learn virology? Nowhere. Right. I was taking, uh, you know, trainings from Institute for Functional Medicine, you know, there was nothing. There was nothing, nowhere. Bastyr University, nothing. Right. They still don't do it there because I was trying to put EBV on their agenda. No, they're, they're not there yet. Like It's not even there. Right. And so with Dr. Vasquez, I was able to see things about viruses that nobody ever taught us anywhere. Hmm. And that, and that started to solidify the protocol that I was starting to build. And as I built the protocol, as I tested it on the ground, I was starting to realize that my community was the community of chronically ill people with this virus and complications. Because for me, it started with you know, it was the progression of gut issues, the SIBO, did a lot of SIBO for a number of years, starting at Hopkins. And then Hashimoto, a lot of Hashimoto's, like, wait a second, then Hashimoto's like, whoa, Hashimoto, you know, there's this big umbrella, Hashimoto's, this, that, this, that, autoimmunity, and there's ABD. Right. So, and then I started to see results and I was blown away. And so, my husband insisted I wrote, I write the book, my friends, my mentors, everybody around just decided that I needed to write the book. <laughs> I didn't have a life. I, I was so overworked. I said, like, no way. I've never written the book. I books, no way. Well, <laughs> guess what? I wrote this book and, it's a <laughs> good book and it wrote itself. And I don't know how I wrote it. It just wrote it. I just sat and wrote and sat and wrote and sat and wrote because well, I you had realized, the knowledge in your head. You just had to put it on paper. Yeah. The, the, I think I was guided because the work that I did clinically all these years in practice since 2005 was really focused on proper detoxification, uh, sustainable um, environmental toxicity and sustainable uh, human diet. And all these things that I had a detox program, you know, and people were turning around from autoimmunity. And when I started to look at EBV, my, my life's work 
was exactly matching the science for EPG. It's like, that's not a coincidence. Right, no, it's not. That's why I had all the materials. I had all the dyes. I had all, you know, it was just so fitting perfectly. It's like, that is just, that has to be guided. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That has to be guided. And then Marlena, my friend, came in my dream once, um, way, way back, way, way back. I was standing on a stage. It was empty. There were many, many chairs, empty. And she was sitting in the last row, the last chair on the right, like beaming and smiling and very proud of me. And oh, I have goosebumps when I say it. So I said, mm -hmm. okay, I have, to, I have to step out and I have to, I have to do this. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, so that's how it started. And since then, you know, the book, the book somehow happened and, and all that happened. And we've been working tirelessly to create the book, but then to create a sustainable program for any person that is ill, to right. have inexpensive services, free services. We have the website that is just has everything about EBV you can imagine. I, I literally yesterday added the page on food. That was the last page I never had time to finish. It has been a couple of years. So we just have really big, long blog on what do you need to know about food and EBV? It's there. Right, right, um, yeah. We're just adding gluten blog to this because I haven't had time to that. I'm just finishing that. So now you have that website. Uh, we, we, you know, people don't understand. People go years looking for a doctor to test them for EBV. Doctors right. refuse right. or tested wrong or misinterpret it. So yep. we... We partnered with a consumer direct lab. There That's are consumer great. direct labs where people can click locally, go get the blood test. Yeah. It's appropriate test. They get reported in 24 hours. And I have a whole page for lab interpretation on the website. That's great. There's a so video Kasha, record. Kasha, let me stop you everything. right there. Wow, yeah. you're getting ahead of me here. <laughs> we have everything. I want people to know where to go. Yes. I know. Right. So let's back up. <laughs> Let's back up and talk about what Epstein-Barr virus even is. So people know, what is Epstein-Barr oh, virus? A great opportunist. So <laughs> Epstein-Barr virus has been on this planet for millions of years. Mm -hmm. And according to research, 90-95% of global population has it. The biggest dream for the research community for years has been to find a vaccine. Mm -hmm. Well, now we know how it works. So not a solution. So it is this plerophomoric, uh, I think it's the word, uh, uh, form, which means that the BB can turn on and off anytime. So let's say, I'll give you an example of my life. I am 55. I've never tested for EBV. I didn't have a, I have a life, you know, I am, I have resistance. I, I'm not, I'm not ill. I do very well. Mm -hmm. But within the last 12 months, I had a couple of exposures to mold and I found I'm very sensitive. I got sick. And so I'm starting to heal still. It's a long process and it's a lot of, it's, there's a lot of stress, you know, we're on an island. The, the, it's hard to do work because of the internet. We have to move. So there's compounding effects of stress and stress in medical literature is one of the single most important reactivating factor for EBV. Mm, and right. one of the one of the biggest reactivating factors in uh, my experience is mold. So guess what I did? Uh, like just a week ago, I got I, I tested for my EBV first time in my life. My early antigen, which is reactivation, was just slightly elevated, just the lowest positive. 
So I, I, so, and I have triple digits of the other one. So it means I've had it all my life, like most of us. Mm-hmm. And right now with this opportunity, I'm reactivating because there's so many compounding factors and mold is a big one. Mm. And so this is how it is in life. When you are compromised, when you, um, it can be physical, environmental, like Wi-Fi technology is really hard. That can reactivate uh, the virus. Mm-hmm. Mold can reactivate the virus. It's just feeds on it. Right. Heavy metals can do it. And then nutritional deficiencies can do it. We have, we have evidence in medical literature. If your nutritional status drops, the virus becomes more virulent. All these elements in your life can trickle you into chronic reactivation. So it just, you know, it depends. And then there's the spiritual level and emotional level when people are trapped, when people are not doing the work they came here to do. So there's, there's this friction between the physical and the mental, emotional, spiritual, when they're not being heard or when they're being deceived, you know, these, these kind of stressors mm-hmm. are really deep, deep stressors. And right. that automatically changes the chemistry and feeds the virus because these kind of stressors, you know, it's adrenal uh, response, it's cortisol, it's energetic, it's energetic as well. And, you know, stress, stress hormones feed the virus too. It's just Absolutely. So, so the, the whole like journey is, who am I? Why am I hurting? Why do I have those mystery illnesses that may be masking this big virus? Is my life okay? Like, am I, most people have just been thrown into the pits of life. And they, the recovery is recovery of your life and the spirit and who you are, your integrity, your, you mm-hmm. know, then the physicality then the diet, you know, environmental toxins, all that. So for me, it's like my journey is to help people come to life and fly with it. I also can tell you from my experience, this is anecdotal purely, although not just anecdotal, I would say that a high percentage of our community, at least people that come to me are highly spiritual beings. Mm -hmm. Uh, We call them empathetic individuals. So they are especially sensitive to negative energies, dark energies, frequencies, and they have capacity to be healers or they've been healers or they, they would be healers in different capacities, you know, in arts or teaching or medicine or energy. Right. And, and so there is this undercurrent for me is the vision and mission to help these people physically and emotionally and spiritually so then they can fly with their life and do the work, the amazing work that they came to this planet to do. Right. Now yeah. that just takes it, that just gets me so excited. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So you, you mentioned some testing that people, you said that many doctors don't do. What is the testing and how do you interpret that? Yeah. So there's, there's four antibodies. The labs have certain way of looking. So even when my ND sends the request for the lab, they tested three anyway, even mm. though the fourth one she also requested. So we had to retest and request that one again. So it came. It's just mm. such a mess. VCA, there are two, IgG and IgM. Mm-hmm. VCA, 
And then early antigen is the trouble one. You don't want to miss it. You need to insist on it. And if they don't do it, you have to go back because this is the key one. Without mm -hmm. this, you don't know your active status. Right. And then EBNA, IgG. So these are the four. Mm -hmm. And everything is listed on my website there. You know, mm -hmm. you, you just don't worry. Just everything is there. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, I'll definitely give them uh, the, the information. So how do you know that they're reactivated? What are you looking for specifically when you read this, the test of the four titers? Well, reactivation will be early antigen being positive. Okay. And typically the IgM, the only IgM in the test is typically negative because it doesn't really show up enough when you reactivate periodically, it, in literature, you know, it shows up positive in the initial infection. Right. And in, in Western culture, at least when you look at literature, the way we get infected may even be in childhood infancy as a sniffle when we don't even know. Mm -hmm. Parents don't know, because it wasn't something serious. It gets more serious maybe when you're a teenager or you go to college and you're right. punk. So it just depends. Right. There are some people who don't know that they've had it and other people know that they've had mono or some kind of uh, illness, particularly in childhood. So mono Correct. is the other name for Epstein-Barr virus. Um, Correct. So, so I'll tell you a story because that can be relevant to many people. We actually have on the ebvonlineprogram.com website, so you can take a quiz and basically it's four pages of, of different symptoms and conditions. When people take the quiz, sometimes they don't realize, oh, I've had that. I have mosquito bites really mess me up. I have infections from them. Oh, I, I've had this, I've had that. And Kate was saying, you know, I had juvenile rheumatoid arthritis when I was a kid and nobody ever knew what it was. But she said, I missed six months of school in high school. It was mm. very traumatic. I had a nickname because of that. And I knew her for a few years for other issues. And I didn't even know she came back with Hashimoto's and, you know, they tested properly. So she instantly knew what she had, Hashimoto's and EBD. But then, you know, she talks about the trajectory of her life. Like I would get depressed and suicidal, but I'm not depressed. She's a very joyful person. Mm -hmm. She sparkles, you know? Mm -hmm. So but you're saying she, that when she was reactivated, you're saying oh yeah. that when she was reactivated, she would have the depression and suicide. Oh, yes. Depression, overweight, you know, she would gain 20 pounds. She would curl up in bed and she would be completely. She, she told me that she thought she was dying at some mm -hmm. point. She didn't tell me that when we were, when we jumped on the protocol and worked through it. She told me afterwards, like, you gotta be kidding. It's like, I actually, she was in her, what, 40s then? It's like, I thought I was just, I was just dying. I was so depressed, so overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's exactly, and, and anxious, <laughs> yeah. you know, anxiety, depression, are very common. And oftentimes people will say, I'm not a depressive person. I'm not an anxious person. I don't understand. I have anxiety attacks. I can't get in the car. I can't right. drive or fly anymore. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so after, after uh, working with them, do you find that the titers decrease over time or, so or reach the, a, a more normal level? Because I know they probably wouldn't go back to normal completely. But no, they, you'll be yeah, tagged. A lower level, do the titers come down? So, the, so first of all, when you test your EBV, you want to test it when you feel the worst, like, you know, a truck running over. 
because early antigen is short. A few weeks and we'll go under. So you can miss it. So let's say a good example is um, I was teaching a clinician. She says, I have a EBV case, but she, she just tested and early antigen is normal. So what the heck do we do? And I said, okay, well, when she, did she test? January. When did she feel like the track ran her over? Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. That's a long time. You don't know how this early antigen was dancing. But Thanksgiving is stress, a lot of foods that don't support you, mm -hmm. <laughs> a lot yeah. of compounding factors, maybe traveling stress, you know, who knows? Thanksgiving is not easy for a lot of people. So right. if she sure. had tested that, the early antigen would be spiking probably, you know, would have spiked. But realistically, it's all about quality of life. I've had quality of life with my health. I didn't have any urgency to test EBV until now. Mm -hmm. So, and I have triple digits of the long-term. There's two long-term antibodies that stay with you for life. They're not going to go to normal. And, and you have to keep it in mind and not get discouraged. Like, oh, I feel great, but I look at those, they are triple digits. So therefore, I'm not doing well. Yes, you are doing well. They're going to stay. They can fluctuate a little higher or lower as your condition improves. Right. But they're not going to drop to zero. I didn't anticipate that they would ever drop to zero, but right. they might drop to me. I was wondering if they would drop to, let's say, four times the levels to two times the level. Correct. Something like that. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. That's what I've seen happen. Or, or you can have, you know, the worst case scenarios when people have more than 600 or more than, you know, you don't have a number, you have a wrench. Mm -hmm. and, and, and then suddenly you have like 550 and people are upset. Oh, it was more than 600 and now it's 550. Mm -hmm. Well, celebrate because it may have been 2000. Right. Now you have a number, you can track it and it probably will keep, you know, fluctuating maybe a little lower. So, right. yeah. So people sometimes get stuck on these numbers and, you know, it's not about the labs as you know, 100 percent. it's about how you feel right yeah so yeah i find that most of my patients have high titers of epstein-barr virus but I mean, it is something that i include in my panel um yeah. testing for sure i we've had a couple changes where it's not included in one panel but i have to add it in a different you have to add it in exactly <laughs> so yeah it's it's been interesting to follow that and also what people need to know is that Epstein-Barr virus is a trigger for autoimmune diseases. Oh, yes. Particularly Hashimoto's. I know you've mentioned that, but I think I need to connect the dots for people who are watching that. And it's not just Hashimoto's. There's other things that Epstein-Barr virus is connected to, right? Correct. Correct. Oh, my gosh. When I was writing the book, I'll never forget, you know, I come from the gut area. And so I was just finished with the book and said, like, okay, I'm ready, but and then I had that thought, well, what about Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis? Because these are, you know, these are the biggest inflammatory gut issues. I was like, nah, no, just, I, no, just like not even in my mind. And I go into medical PubMed and I look at studies and they, there are a couple of consistent studies that about 60, 61% of either of those are triggered by the virus. Like what? <laughs> it doesn't mean by the time, you know, you get to a person with this condition, you can, you can clear this condition and turn around because it may be too late. And then the, the laundry list of autoimmune disorders is uh, enormous, enormous. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. there, was a, there was a beautiful study by Dr. Harley 
in 2018, I believe, uh, when he looked at a particular protein from the virus. When the virus is in the cell that is infected, the, that protein goes into the, the nucleus and can turn on the DNA areas coding for autoimmunity, like turn mm. it on. Mm. And one of them is celiac. Mm. We have two studies on celiac. One was kind of indirect association that, you know, people that, people that were gluten-free and had celiac and were, were not thriving, like 73% had reactivated EBV. Mm. That's pretty, pretty profound. And then Har, Har, Dr. Harley comes with a study saying that, you know, you can have the, so you can have the gene for celiac can be perfectly fine. It's not expressed. You're eating gluten. Everything is good. Suddenly you have this activation of your virus and suddenly you, you start, you continue eating gluten and you get really sick from it. And you are confused why, what just happened? Mm -hmm. I see that after that study, you know, the first study before Harley, I started to notice because in our community, you know, gluten is a big issue, right? Big conversation. Right. There's that, but he also said there's, there's seven condition, conditions that can be turned on if you have the gene with that one protein. And that is diabetes type one, multiple sclerosis, celiac, obviously, juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, uh, IBD, so Crohn's and ulcerative colitis, mm -hmm. and I'm missing one. <laughs> I think rheumatoid arthritis. Right. Uh, Hashimoto, Hashimoto's was not on that particular list, but that's just one protein that mm -hmm. he discovered. And that's yeah. a cause, you know, that is like black and white. Right. That's not association. Yeah. So what can people do if they find, like for me, you know, I have Hashimoto's and that definitely was triggered from Epstein-Barr virus. It was, you know, ah. immediately after I had Hashimoto's thyroid storm and I, it was postpartum too. Oh, yes. So yes yeah, a that's combination classic. of things. Yeah. Yes, so yes, yes, yes. I, yeah. <clears throat> I felt like I was hit by a truck. <laughs> yes, yes, sure. yes. That is... That is very common in women, actually. And I wish more doctors knew about that mm -hmm. because I think the trick with this situation in particular is that within 30 minutes or so, once you have the baby, there is this 360 degree change in hormones. Mm -hmm. you, and the hormone changes, the hormones is what feeds on the virus. Plus, you know, baby gets all the good stuff, you're depleted. So your nutritional state is, is so low, you're really right. vulnerable, you're exhausted, mm -hmm. you know? So the stress level on the body, the physical and the mental and all that, and the hormonal changes, it's a perfect storm. And right. so that, that postpartum depression, oftentimes is Hashimoto's, which oftentimes is triggered by EVV. That just, that's the, that's the common yep. trajectory. If that could be part of the medical practice, like knowing that for the women that go in labor, that would just change the world for women, honestly. Right. Yeah. So what, let's talk about that a little bit more, dive into that a little bit more. And, you know, so what do you think medical practitioners should do at that point? They've just had a baby, right? And um, they're, they maybe have Epstein-Barr, like what, how should they support a person who's in Those that? Women? You know, in France, the government gives you a doula. She cooks for you. She cleans for you. <laughs> I, think, I think the first thing is, yeah, something like that would be in the ideal scenario. And there is the, the nutrition status, you know, is restored. There are supplements, right. there's great food and there are rest. 
I would say testing right away. If something mm -hmm. is off, testing EBV right away and testing mm -hmm. for, you know, thyroid antibodies right away. Mm -hmm. And basically the foundation diet is high antioxidant diet. Mm -hmm. And we are fruitophobic, regretfully, even mm -hmm. in functional medicine. Fruits in the right combination, the right place have the highest value, mm -hmm. antioxidant value fiber value, the right mm -hmm. sugar for the brain. Yeah. What fruits? So tell me more about which fruits, like berries? berries, obviously berries, obviously berries, obviously wild berries, like wild blueberries, papaya, you know, apples, pears. These are cherries in season. Eat the whole bowl. Mm -hmm. Just gorge into the cherries. No problem. People have oh, gut okay. problems. You know, they can't consume fruits. And that's, that's not a human problem. That's the gut problem. That's, there's other things like infections or co-infections or candida, fungal or SIBO. You know, you have to work with that. But antioxidants mm -hmm. and antioxidants are in plants. And, you know, and sustainable plants are, you come from India. So, you know, legumes, lentils, beans, you know, brown rice, just, just these are very inexpensive, sturdy, sustainable foods Right. that provide a lot of fiber to feed your T-Rex, to feed your microbiome, to, re, you know, T-Rex rebuild your immunity, microbiome right. builds your immunity. Very simple things, enjoyable foods, and maybe decreasing now that it's just very simple. Fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds. I'm not concerned with nuts, with mm -hmm. EBV, because as you in, introduce lysine, you have to have enough lysine in the system. So that would be a great supplement. And then you can enjoy nuts. There's so many foods. Right. So yeah, lysine is an uh, amino acid mm -hmm. that helps to, it works as an antiviral, so to speak. It also builds collagen. Mm -hmm. has all kinds of applications, actually, interestingly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So by the time you have EBV, chronic EBV, that manifests in autoimmunity, for example, like Hashimoto's, Food is great, but it's not enough. Mm -hmm. I find that you really need to have a strategic and pretty robust and pretty aggressive supplement protocol, but it's right. all based on what is the research saying? Mm -hmm. And then what is my clinical practice saying? Because mm -hmm. there are, there's some promising research that came, but when I use it in my practice, it wasn't worth it. Right. And so said, what, no. what would you say were the top five supplements that you would use? LIC is ah, definitely one of them. You're going to love right. that selenium. Yeah. Yeah. You're thinking about thyroid selenium. Absolutely. Selenium is amazing. Mm -hmm. And we go up to 800 micrograms, mm -hmm. really aggressive. So you have to you know 600, 800, depending on the size of the person. <clears throat> selenium NAC, we go really aggressive because mm -hmm. NAC is uh, well tolerated up to 4,500. Mm. people don't know yeah and lysine we go about 3,000 milligrams so you know 500 milligram lysine that's going to help you with your little thing right herpes but that's we need heavy lifting like sustainably every day to turn it off licorice licorice is the only herb that is in my foundational protocol because i find licorice in particular is a stellar it's just a multitasker oh okay. for ABV. And um, it's appropriate because in our community, many people also have adrenals that are really fatigued. They mm -hmm. really have been at it right. a long time. And that kind of boosts that adrenal function as well. Uh, brings right. up the blood pressure a little bit because a lot yeah. of people- That's the thing you have to be careful with. 
Yeah, that's the thing you have to be careful. Yep. Yeah. Is there Uh, any reason why you wouldn't use DGL? Oh, DGL has nothing to do with viral, the viral support. It has to be licorice. Yeah. It has to be real licorice. And people can start with licorice tea, actually. Mm -hmm. Earlier in the day, that is a little mild though. So, you know, test and trial. And, you know, with blood pressure, you just have to make sure you don't have so much sodium, you have enough magnesium calcium and diets to kind of have, and you can take you know five days on two days off you can play with it on and right. off so you don't you know that blood pressure doesn't go up right well um, with tea it's not as, as strong as taking an actual capsule yeah you do have to be careful yeah. with blood pressure with the capsule yeah yeah and one more what's uh, what's the um thing? oh vitamin c vitamin e d. vitamin d is uh, yes self-explanatory you know but very simple things right. apparently but when they put the, when they, when you put them in combination, magic starts happening. It's like, oh, <laughs> I had a woman in New Zealand that was depressed and almost suicidal mm. because she couldn't take care of her children. She had two daughters and she was just on the sofa watching her husband, you know, try to help and all that. She was completely suicidal almost. We started that uh, aggressive initial piece of the protocol and then two weeks later I talked to her and she says is there a placebo effect because I can't believe that I'm feeling better it's like what is going on (laughs) yeah it it actually it actually is you know this is it's you can turn it off it's a virus like computer virus you can turn it off you know you can modulate it people are terrified of it because they're scared of all you know cancer autoimmunity and all this right but it's not it's not a monster. It's just a predictable virus. Right. It's predictable, it's treatable, and it's reversible. And I'm quoting medical research. Right. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times when people have one virus, are, they are susceptible to other viruses. Yeah. So you get sticky. Yes. You have H. pylori. You have SIBO. You have gut motility issues, you know, uh, and maybe your vagus nerve is actually affected by the virus. Mm-hmm. And then the, the gut goes... Uh, maybe you have molds and you start having fungal infections right because it opens the door of compromising it's one of those things that opens the door and compromises your immune system well if you are compromised for all these reasons this is when the ebv comes to play right you know that's and also there is a concept in medical literature called transactivation between species. So if you reactivate EBV, you can also reactivate strep or stuff or H. pylori if you have it. Or if you have, let's say, H. pylori and you have your dormant EBV, that infection can reactivate EBV. Transactivation, very common. So yeah, there's a bucket, you know, there's a bucket. And if you have, if you have just straightforward EBV, like if you do our program, it's straightforward, simple, you know, oh yeah, that's what it is. (laughs) But oftentimes there are other things in the bucket. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, yes. so, Absolutely. so you try the protocol and it, maybe it works 60%, but you're not well, really. Like, right. Well, we're looking for mold. We're looking right. for, you know, we have to turn off the volume on the Wi-Fi technology in your home. Yeah. You have to, you know, it's like, where, what is it? What is it that is compounding this? Because this should work. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We see a lot of the same kinds of patients and you're right. It's really reducing that rain barrel, <laughs> taking those things out of the bucket yeah. to support your immune system and not be so burdened 
for yeah. sure. Yeah. So we need to close. Uh, you know, I do want to let people know how to find you. We're going to have in the show notes, two free gifts. They have to put an order number 5555 into that. And they'll be able to find you at www.ebvhelp.com and also find you on Facebook and Instagram. And you have your own website by your name, www.kashakines.com as well. All that will be in the show notes. I am so pleased that you have come to my show and and talking about Epstein-Barr virus. I've been wanting this for a year now. (laughs) Finally, we got you. So excited. Oh my gosh. Awesome. Yeah, you're a busy woman. And uh, so you have so much knowledge. uh, And if anyone's interested, find her book on Amazon. But ultimately, the functional medicine approach is really what works. Whether you have depression, anxiety, or Epstein-Barr virus as a root cause, you know, we're, we're putting the pieces together and connecting yeah. the dots for everybody here. So thank you so much. God bless you. <laughs> good job. Good job. Thank you so much. And keep working your magic. Keep working. <laughs> keep doing what you're doing. We need you too. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. I hope that you will join me in the future. If you are interested in working with me, please go to www.achinasteindo.com to book a discovery call. There you may also download for free the first three chapters of my book. I hope my work enlightens you, gives you hope, and moves you forward on your journey to a better mood and fulfilling life.